0: In the midst of all that we are facing, a divided political culture that is on the verge of an election, a pandemic in a time when winter is coming, what help could it possibly be to share this old wisdom that everyone has heard before? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. What help might that be? Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your love, your truth, your hope. Startle us with the wisdom in these ancient words and help us to find their meaning for our lives in this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A number of weeks ago, I shared in a sermon that I have been reading The Splendid and the Vile, Eric Larson's most recent book. It's about the bombing of London during the Second World War. The book has been a help to me in these difficult days we're having, reminding me of another people in another time who had a period of fear and anxiety to endure. In countless ways, their struggle eclipses my own frustrations and inconveniences. I'm still reading the book, it's long, and I'm busy, and I tend to read a number of things at the same time, so I'm still not finished, but today I'll share a little bit of an update of what I've read. One of Larson's strategies is to show that the residents of London were not all the same, and we should not remember them that way. During the Blitz, which went on for months and months, the German Luftwaffe dropped tons of bombs on London, night after night after night. False propaganda claimed that the bombing pursued strategic military targets, but in reality, it was intended to terrorize the civilian public. The variety of reactions in London was fascinating. I was taught in school that most Londoners spent countless hours in bomb shelters below the city, but that was only uh, true of a minority of the population. Out of the fear of being buried alive, many insisted on staying above ground. After long stretches with little or no sleep, others insisted on their own beds. And some had the desire to watch the fight unfold from an upper story window or even while on a walk through the dark, empty streets. People endured those frightening nights in a range of ways, knowing that no one strategy would guarantee their safety. Some people lost their homes in the city, and they became resettled refugees in the countryside. Government volunteers helped dock workers to find shelter in the spare bedrooms of country gentlemen. Strangers from different walks of life became roommates. So much of life was upside down. And yet in the midst of the upheaval, daytime continued in a more normal way than you might expect, with crowded street markets full of shoppers, shows in the theaters and afternoons in the parks. And just as they had before the Blitz, people taught their children and went to work and fell in love all while many, many people were dying. This range of experiences of the Blitz, it has kept me thinking about our own situation and the tremendous variety of experiences and reactions that are out there. My own experience is that of trying to balance a job and a family. I mostly do my job not in eight-hour shifts or more, but in short spurts, that allow for my children's schedules. I balance concerns I have for the virus with the need for my children to see other kids and have a normal development. There are a million other experiences of the pandemic that are nothing like mine. What is it like to have lost one's job and wonder why the government can't pass a stimulus? What is it like to stand in line at a food distribution center? What is it like to be 80 years old and working in a mask as a cashier because you cannot give up the income? Others continue in situations that were impossible before the pandemic, raising children in a refugee camp or wrongfully convicted in a prison cell. What is it like for them? What is it like to be sequestered in a retirement community, bored to death? Or maybe doing just fine in that circumstance but missing your family like crazy? What is it like to be on the outside of that system and to be have been forgotten by a parent who has memory loss? What is it like to have lost someone to COVID? In the midst of it all, just like for the British, our life continues. We teach our children and go to work and fall in love. Scientists work tirelessly to find a vaccine and to figure out how we will distribute it. Medical professionals and business leaders innovate at incredible speed to keep up with new and changing demands. Young people start married life in distanced small groups of the people they care about the very most. Families rediscover simple things at home. Parks and walks and nature are their diversions. We find ways to persevere. Here's what occurs to me so often these days when I preach. Maybe you heard something in what I've said so far this morning that really resonated with you, where you thought, yeah, yeah, that's my situation. But just as likely, maybe you heard nothing of the kind. Because no matter how many situations or how many, atten- uh, uh, how many different circumstances I seek to be attentive to, one of the marks of this time of crisis is that it is different for everyone. And so with no shame or embarrassment, but simply with honesty, I admit that I am helpless to find some inspiring story or some wise saying or some clever analogy that will be helpful to all or even most of you. Inevitably, much of what I choose to say will not meet you where you are and will fall on deaf ears. This is why we need to hear from Jesus. I wonder if you have noticed, as I have, how tempting it is to chase after new information these days. You see, in the midst of my inadequate attempts to speak to all of you, to tell you something new, Jesus has something to say to all of us. Ancient wisdom from the God who created every one of us. His words are nothing new. Have you noticed, as I have, how tempting it is to want something new these days? Any small grain of wisdom, any new discovery that might help you to regain a sense of command and control. If you're anxious about the election, any new poll, any gaff from a candidate, any information about the early voting that points things your way, we meet these new, this news with great interest What if from that little grain of information might grow the salvation of our political life? A similar thing goes on with respect to the virus. When will the vaccine be ready? How will it be distributed? And when will I be confident that it is safe and effective? When will the surge plateau or slow down? What new information about transmission will help me to feel safe doing something new or regular and healthy and normal that I love? Any new information that might answer these questions leads to great enthusiasm and joy that maybe some aspect of this might soon be over. In moments when we are more grounded, We know that the problems of these days are not going to be solved by anything in your newsfeed. No outcome to the election will instantly heal the divisions in our culture. No vaccine, even a miraculously effective one is going to erase the long-term effects of this pandemic. We do not so much seek a solution as we do a way of living in the midst of these days and in the days of recovery that lie ahead. A way of living. That's what we're looking for. And for that, Jesus does not draw upon some new discovery but on wisdom that is as old and established as any in the world and that might just save us if only it can be put to use. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It is not new wisdom from a groundbreaking study, article, survey, or poll. It is not even new to Jesus. He is quoting the commandments, words from a thousand years before himself spoken to the ancient Israelites. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' adversaries were trying to trap him with a question that day. They asked him trick questions, questions they did not think had any answers. There were ten commandments given to Moses on Sinai, along with 609 others that became the law. Teacher, which one of these is the greatest, they asked. And Jesus said to them without hesitation, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I believe that whatever your situation And even in these days of pandemic, we can make use of those words. Love God and love your neighbor. What does that mean to you? What does that mean for you? How can you be attentive to that wisdom in your life? All kinds of things can change or be shut down or put on hold or delayed until we get to the new normal, but this is a command for the past and the present and the future. Love God and love your neighbor. It is a command that is 3,000 years old and more, and if we are willing to think about it, if we are willing to put it to use, we can all make use of it today. The greatest wisdom in Jesus' answer is that these two commandments lean on one another. They form a whole that is greater than the sum of the parts. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen more than you talk. Try to imagine what it is like for somebody else. Find meaning and purpose for yourself by connecting with another person. How much of our divisiveness might that wisdom heal? How much of the suffering might it help? How much inequality might it repair? And there is always a way to do it. With so many of us in drastically different situations, but everybody having some kind of a hard time, there is always a way that we can do things to love one another. But so many of us are so stretched. Feeling like we have no bandwidth left to help somebody else. And that's why we need to love God. Doing external work in the world, loving your neighbor, it requires internal strength. We need to take care of ourselves and our spiritual lives Fortify our spirits. Remind ourselves that we are loved by our creator. Because it is only from the deep well of God's love that we draw the strength to love others. Especially when doing so is hard. We have to care for our interior lives in order to make a difference in the life of another. The pages of the Bible are full of the stories of people who did internal work in order to do external work, who nurtured their spirits in order to love other people. Jacob wrestled with God so that he could learn to love his brother and lead his people. Paul had to be converted from his pride in order to do God's work. He spent three years in Arabia working on himself, allowing God to work in his life in order to find a foundation for his ministry. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He had to struggle with appetite and affirmation and ambition to discover the inner purposes that would guide his life. It will be impossible for me to name a single idea or experience or spiritual practice any way of doing internal spiritual work that will make sense to everyone, that will appeal to every one of you. Each one of you is different, a unique child of God, and you are fed in different ways. But here is a conversation that is worth having with each other and with as many people you can find who are willing to have it. How are you loving God in these days? How are you caring for your spirit and doing the internal work that we all need to endure a struggle? And how are you finding ways to love your neighbor? Share your wisdom with each other. Share your wisdom with each other about what it means to love God and to love your neighbor. We need to share these things in order to sustain one another in these days. Every one of us is different, a unique creation of God with our own stories and struggles. Jesus has a way of speaking to every one of us, wherever we are. He reminds us that other people are different from ourselves, so be curious about them and seek to love them. I pray that we will love God in these days by loving one another. By listening, sharing of ourselves, and seeking the child of God that resides in each person we meet. Amen.